What is up, freelance writers? What I want to talk to you about in this episode is the divine purpose. This is what I call it, the divine purpose of freelance writers and how Fiverr, Upwork, people who are our guru, they kind of block us from actually reaching our divine purpose as freelance writers. I know this might seem kind of loony and it's meant to seem kind of loony, but just hear me out. Um, I want to discuss the story of how I discovered this principle for, for you know, in order to demonstrate it a little better. You know, um, to begin the story, remember, uh, I had just gotten kicked out of my home. I was living with my girlfriend. I was a college dropout with a zero GPA. And I um, eventually got my first four-figure client was the lady from Colorado as a freelance writer. And um, I also was working with another client towards the sale. His name was Johnny. He was from D.C., um, which was to be another four-figure client. Um, when me and my girlfriend got up and moved to Los Angeles, um, at the time, one of the biggest things in my heart was I want to get paid a lot from freelance writing. Like I had the same desires of every freelance writer. You know, I want to get paid from something that I'm passionate about. I want a lot of money. I want auxiliary money so that, you know, excess money so that I can, you know, move to Los Angeles and, and live the life that I want and own my own apartment, and own my own car and have them be fancy. Um, I don't want to work a job anymore. You know, uh, I had things that I wanted to do with my life, but you know, one of the things that we realize is what well, we don't realize rather is driving it all is a desire for significance, a desire for status. You know, a lot of people feign to be logical. Like I want a Lamborghini or Ferrari because, you know, the mechanics of the car. But one of the greatest drivers of all human experience, if you're objective about it, is not okay, it's the mechanics of anything or the logic of anything. That's why, like, like think about it, like the function of a Louis Vuitton backpack and the function of a Jansport backpack are virtually the same. But a lot of people will go with the Louis Vuitton backpack because the brand makes them feel better. The brand it gives them an increase in status. And so I wanted, you know, and I have no shame in admitting this. I still want these things. I wanted an increase in status and to feel like somebody that was, like, feel like the man. You know, I felt like these sales was the way to do it. Um, and, it, it, and, it and it was. It was when I got my first four figure clients and moved to Los Angeles as a freelance writer, even though I was poor still and I didn't have a lot of money because 2000 is not a lot of money. Um, I felt good about myself. I felt happy about myself. I mean, I'd grinded for years through business after business after business to achieve this result. You know, I wanted to be not only significant, but I wanted to achieve maximum significance, maximum importance of, uh, you know, of, of my maximum uh, pride in my own self image and maximum pride in the people around me. Like, man, like he's a business owner. He's a hustler. He really did it. And so that also led to a majority of the time I worked on my own to get things to happen. Like I worked on my own, like, because I didn't want anybody to divide, you know, you only have these insights in hindsight. When you cross the, you know, the finish line and you look back, these are some of the things that I realized about myself. You might have different realizations, but this was me. You know, I was realizing like, okay, like, you know, I worked alone a lot of times because I didn't want to be, you know, have anyone say, oh, you rolled someone's coattails or attribute the glory or the or the success to anybody else but me. I wanted it to be all me. And there I had it. And so me and my girlfriend, to make a long story shorter, you know, we were living in Los Angeles, you know, and she was in Los Angeles. Um, we were actually staying at a hotel because we didn't have an apartment to stay at because once again, we didn't have a lot of money. But, you know, I had made that sale. I was en route to make another one. and I felt good about myself. But, uh, you know, she was going to school every day because uh, she's an actor and she, we moved here so that she can act, as, as I described before. But um, so she's going to school every day and I'm working on working tirelessly around the clock to get these sales, you know, 
to feel good about myself, to feel like I made it, to feel like I did something like, you know, to say, you know, to, to, to feel like I've exercised the maximum height of my powers as a young guy in America, you know, and I remember she was going because we were staying at uh, the Ramada Hotel here in Los Angeles. It was up in Glendale. She was going to school every morning, probably 7 a.m., 8 a.m. And I watch her leave and I would go hustle and make some money. Um, it was one morning, though, you know, where, you know, I, I, you know, I hustled and you know, pretty much got everything done that morning. And so, you know, and mind you, I didn't have a lot of cash because all my you know, I was happy about the sales, but I didn't have all the sales from the cash. They were divided into payment plans. Um, but when we, we had just came to California, well, we just had came back to California, actually. But that's a completely another story. Uh, we went home for the holidays. We had just came back to California. And during Christmas, her grandmother had given me like 20 some dollars, you know, just for pocket money so I could have. And so a lot of my money was caught up in, you know, Stripe and PayPal. And, you know, and it was, you know, it was getting paid out to me in $200 payment plans. And, you know. I had cash on me, so I was like, you know, while she's at school, I'm just going to take a walk and explore the area. We are in California after a while, after all. So I go outside of this Ramada Hotel. It was a beautiful, beautiful day, man. Uh, it was January, but it was probably like 75, 70 degrees because it is also Los Angeles, California. And I remember walking and just looking at the blue sky. You know, uh, I don't remember wearing much clothing, but I must have had a light jacket on. Uh, walking past the pool of the of the hotel. Um walking out the front doors and this is not a fancy hotel and I remember walking down the street walking under the freeway and there's a lot of bird crap under the freeway and things like that but I felt like free and liberated like like I felt like like I had made it to be honest you know there was also a lot of fear in my heart like how can, like I, can I keep this going can can I make enough to actually get an apartment and sustain that um you know because once again like yeah, I made a big sale but it was coming out in small pieces and I was broke and um so I'm walking under the freeway. I'm on a mission to get to the 7-Eleven because I just want to snack. You know, I'm somebody that, you know, I got a sweet tooth. I snack a lot. You know, I was going probably to get apple juice. I remember I got a Dorito, um, a nacho cheese Dorito, and I also got uh, an apple juice. You know, you probably wonder, like, where are you going with this story? Trust me, I'm going somewhere. Um, but I'm walking up the street, and it's probably about a mile up the road, and it's, it's beautiful, you know, you know, just beautiful California, man. I'm just walking through like a suburban, quiet neighborhood, looking at the different style of houses in contrast to where we come from in Maryland. And I walk up to the 7-Eleven. You know, I, I think I gave the homeless homeless guy on the corner like five dollars. I went to 7-Eleven, got what I got, and I was coming back home. And this is when this is when lightning struck. This is this is something that 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 completely, you know, everything that I felt about life was revolutionized at this point in time. Remember, you know, I want continued success. I want the money. I want the significance, and I wanted to do it all on my own. But I was walking down the street listening to, I think, Boogie. It was Save Me by Boogie. Um, this was such a stark moment of realization. I'm walking back to the hotel room, um, which I didn't even pay for the hotel room because, like I said, my big check was divvied out in payments. And it was spent on things like gas and, and things like that. In fact, when we, we drove from Maryland to California, and when I left California, not when I, when I left New Mexico, I actually bought a monster in the vending machine and it sent my bank account negative. So a lot of the money I was getting, it was even paying off a negative bank balance. But I'm like, I don't care. I'm making huge sales. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm the man now. Um, and so I'm walking down the street, though, listening to Boogie and just looking at the sun, you know. Uh, and I just had a, a thought that was like a small little seed underneath the soil, a little worm. 
but it started to grow and explode super rapidly. Um, my girlfriend, you know, she had money from stocks that she had from her last job and she was using that to pay for most of the trip. She had about three, three grand in, in, in stocks. You know, that was really all we had other than the small payments that I was getting that helped eat from time to time. Um, and she was paying for that hotel that we were staying at. And, you know, on separate occasions, you know, her mother would pay for things because we didn't have a lot of money. And driving across the country costs thousands, believe it or not. It costs a lot of money to get across here, staying in hotels and, you know, buying food and gas to get across. It was insane amounts of money, um, which was a beautiful journey. But anyhow. But as I'm walking down the street and feeling so, you know, above the clouds, feeling so big headed. I'm starting to break down in my mind, maybe out of insecurity, all the tiny little moments that were out of my control that led up to that eventual success. Right. Or that even led up to this moment. You know, I had gone years of my life without any money. And this first big sale was a breakaway. But before that, you know, I was living with my girlfriend's mother and her grandmother at their house, right? And during that point in time, a lot of the times, like I said, I had quit my job due to the armed robbery and when I was living with them in order to pursue, you know, business in this freelance writing thing. And during that time, I didn't have any clothes. I left most of my clothes at home and they bought me a new wardrobe. Everything that I was wearing wasn't mine. I'd be naked if it wasn't for them. I would have froze in the Maryland winter if, if her mother didn't allow me to stay with her. This is what I'm thinking as I'm walking down the street. This Ramada Hotel. Yeah, I made a big sale, but I can afford seven, eight days at this hotel on my own. You understand what I'm saying? I started to go even further back. You know? All the time me and my girlfriend had gone to get, been together, I had sacrificed my entire life up to, that point, up to this point. I was probably 22 at this point. I'm only 24 now, but I was 22 at this point. I sacrificed my entire life uh, from 18 to like 22, 23, whatever the hell age I was on freelance or not freelance writing on making business. And so I missed out on a lot of the things that normal teens do. I didn't have a car. I had a license, sure, but I didn't have a car and I couldn't get a car because that entire time I was struggling in business. I didn't have money to pay car insurance and I didn't want to be trapped with a car insurance that I couldn't afford or needed a job to afford. And so she was driving me around a lot of that time. And she would pay. She was making probably eight, nineteen some dollars at her last job. So she would pay for dinners and pay for little meals and things like that. And she kept our relationship going. You know what I'm saying? If I needed to get somewhere that was pretty far, she'd, she'd bring me there. You know? Even the the job that I quit because of the armed robbery was targeted as a night shift. She bought my, you know, my, my uh, interview uniform for that night shift I, but but anyhow I started to go farther even back and I started to look at my childhood between the ages of 0 to 18 when I got my first job I didn't have any income I didn't put myself in school I didn't I, I didn't do any of that stuff that was all my you know my parents and it made me realize self-made and the idea of doing it all your own even though we feel like we self-made and we feel like we want to do it all our own and we feel like we want to be the boss and we feel like it, it has to be us I realize it's kind of a myth. You know, I, when I quit my job, I didn't have any resources. I didn't have any money. All I had was this pipe dream of making a couple big sales and living large. But if I didn't have anybody in my corner, I would have starved to death or something like that. You know, I would have been naked. 
I've been frozen like a piece of cardboard in the winter. This accomplishment that I had, it wasn't me. It was accumulation of, 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 of all my efforts and all the periphery efforts of everyone else that helped me along the way. And in a way, I, really, I wasn't really self-made. And you know what I realized that from that event? I realized... I had struggled all my life and it took me this long to get success as a freelance writer and what I define as success because I was in the wrong state of mind. I was in that selfish, oh, I want to be self-made. I want to do it on my own. I was performing from narcissism. This entire journey was about me and what it could make me look like to everyone around me. It could make me look like a success. And that stopped me from having success in my freelance writing business because business is inherently about other people. They say time and time again, you want to make money? I mean, you're paid in proportion to the problems that you solve for the people in this world. I mean, that's the Elon Musk or they attribute it to him anyway. Business is all about you get paid when you solve problems for other people. And the reason I hadn't made money for so long is because I was in this sick competitive mindset where it was all about me. How, do, how can you solve problems for other people accurately and dependably if you're not investigating other people? You're just investigating how to pimp this opportunity to make you look better. And you're not willing to concede on any front to anybody or collaborate in any way. I was in what I call the competitive frame of mind. I was competing with, with everybody. I was competing with the people that I was working for. I was competing with the people who were clothing me and feeding me. I didn't want them to have a hand in my business. I didn't want them to take my success. I thought they were wrong. Like, you know, you're telling me that I've dropped out of college. I'm a fool. You're wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was even competing with the clients that I was writing for. Like, I was just trying to get money out of the situation. I wasn't trying to really write a good book or write a good blog. I was in a competitive mindset where it was all about me. And in that moment, I realized even with competition, even with that selfish self-made mindset the only reason you made it was because other people you can't get paid unless it's for other people clients are other people it's not just you this system of life it only works when other people come to when a multitude of people not just you come together to achieve a common goal and this is important because in that moment i feel like like russell brunson talks about this in the podcast billion dollar business owner from click funnels um he talks about there's a point in your entrepreneurial journey where you go from uh, growth, like you're trying to, you're selfishly trying to grow for yourself, to a, f- a switch flips in your head, and you, you worry more about contribution. What is the work you're doing, meaning to other people? You know, in a way, I feel like this was my moment because I'm realizing, oh snap, if I want to have real and sustained success, I have to allow other people to come in on this journey and help me out because I can't do it on my own. And so in that moment, and if, if, if you haven't passed this place yet, you, you might be rejecting it, like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And I understand you have to go on your own journey. But it was that moment, the switch of a competitive mindset switched to a to collaborative mindset. And instead of trying to push people away, everybody in my life, I, like, even when people would bring me out to the mall and buy things for me, you know, I would have that toxic mentality. Like I didn't want anybody to do anything for me. It was embarrassing. But I realize everybody has a role now. And I don't want to compete against everybody. I want to collaborate with people. 
and allow people to help out where they do so that we all can go far. So that if I make success, like they'll have their role and they'll be entitled to pieces of this because they trusted and they believed in me even when I had nothing. The mindset changed from how can I get status to how can I actually help people in this world. So it was the competitive switch to a collaborative frame of mind. And it was the first time where, you know, because as I said, business is all about solving problems for other people, that I started to wonder how much am I solving problems for people and what problems am I solving for people in the world? I started to empathize with the end customer and the end user of the products. I started to empathize with the people around me rather than just being selfish and having the show be about me. I unlocked a level of empathy that I had never understood before. And it made me kind of think for the first time, because I am solving a problem, how can I solve a problem better? And if I, if I saw, you know, in order to solve a problem better, I had to wonder to myself, what problem am I even solving? And this led down a long rabbit hole of thoughts um, that led me to a, a particular place in my mind uh, from when I started as an entrepreneur. For me, I was a book writing entrepreneur. I was writing books for people. And so as an entrepreneur who was getting a book written, I'm thinking, what problem do I solve for the world? So I, want, I started to go back to the beginning of my journey. It started with a book. It started with Influence by Robert Cialdini, right? That was the first book I picked up as an entrepreneur. And then Small Business for Dummies and uh, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. It started with an assortment of books that set a light bulb in mind. It was a spark. So I, st- I started to get on social media and all, all, ask all the people in my life that were entrepreneurs, how did you begin to get into entrepreneurship? And a lot of them said, oh, rich dad, poor dad. Think and Grow Rich, The 4-Hour Workweek, you know, uh, Attention Merchants. You know, they were saying all that for a lot of people, it was books that got them into entrepreneurship. And I hypothesized like that's why a lot of entrepreneurs go on to buy my services and want to write books because they realize books are what got them on the path in the first place. And they want to do that for somebody else because they've reached a point in there. So so essentially what I'm realizing just sitting on the sidewalk is that. This work that we're doing as freelance writers, it has a higher purpose. It's not just, you know, a vehicle to get cash. It's a vehicle to that that these entrepreneurs that were coming to me to buy is a vehicle that the world is using to change the world. You know, if I, you know, a, a lot of people exist within mainstream culture, right? Things like entrepreneurship are not in the mainstream culture. These are alternative schools of thought that are strayed from the mainstream culture, right? And so if you look at, you know, this is why I said I reached out to every entrepreneur and asked, how'd you start being an entrepreneur? And they said books. The power of books is if I never had those books that I had, I would have continued along the lines of mainstream culture. I would have stayed in college and I would have went on to, you know, graduate and get a nine to five job paying me 60,000 per year, um, I would have, I would have married and died. Like my life would have been pretty linear, but it was a book that wretched into that mainstream bubble and plucked me out and set me on a different course. It changed the, the path of my entire life. It was the book. It was a narrative that did it. And this was a, this was a, 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 a pattern amongst all the entrepreneurs that I know books in the writings that we do. Literally, like the narratives that are put in there, if you look at it on a, on a larger perspective, the narratives that are being pushed into society, the words, the books, they literally define the paths of society. 
And so it's the writings like, if, you know, it started to make me think, think like I want to be a writer more because the books that my clients will write, maybe they'll like, like how, you know, Tim Ferriss as an author affected me. Maybe they'll end up in the old neighborhoods that I come from and the people that decide to be gangbangers or, or, or a lifelong felons. Maybe they'll read these books and the paths of their lives will be altered because they want to be like the author. They see a new, maybe they they pick up Rich Dad, Poor Dad, a book that already exists. But in order for that book to exist, somebody had to write it. Books and narrative, you know, if you're, if you're a real marketer, you know this because marketing is all narrative. Um, you know, uh, you know, I was just talking to somebody I was interviewing, his name is Brandon Lacero, um, and he made $1.6 million on his last launch. The average human in an entire lifetime, they make $1.7 million. I was talking to him about this launch and he was just saying that narrative, you know, messaging and positioning is everything. You know, it's what gets people to buy products. It's what gets people who buy those products to change the way they live. So these narratives that are contained in books, because books do it the most. You know, Russell Brunson even said when he wrote his book for the first time is when his company and his business and the lives that he began to influence exploded. When you take books, when you take narratives and you pump them into society, this is one of the primary ways that people who are living lives that aren't to their highest potential latch on to something and change their path and become something beautiful and become something different. Steve Jobs, I want to read you this quote because it's a powerful quote. Steve Jobs, let me look it up. Steve Jobs. This is, this is, this is, this is the quote really is going to define this. This, he says, he says, the most powerful person in the world is the storyteller. The storyteller sets the vision, values, and agenda of an entire generation that is to come. The greatest entrepreneur this world has ever known. Two trillion dollar business, the most valuable company in the world. Public company. He says, the most powerful person in the world is the storyteller. The storyteller sets the vision, values, and agenda of an entire generation that is to come. You, like even ads, we buy products that influence our behaviors from the copy, which is story. Copy is like the words on an ad that is written by a storyteller, that is written by a freelance writer, a freelance copywriter. The, the narratives that we pump into society are why society becomes what it becomes, literally. And so I'm sitting on the sidewalk and the moment I begin to empathize with the world and really wonder how could I do better for people, I realize this vehicle that I'm operating in is the key to influencing the world, literally changing people's lives. Think about if you're on the, like the path that you're on right now, how much did books influence you to be where you are? Now, if you're not really like super on a path right now, you might say not at all. But, you know, if you get on a path, you know, it'll be likely through a book. Read some books. It'll change your mind about everything, especially if you're a freelance writer. Um, so, yeah, that's that's that's. We, we, we as freelance writers, man, we, we have a significant role in this world. Everything that happens is because of what we do. And we have to realize the power of that. And the reason I bring Fiverr Upwork people per hour into this situation is because there are a lot of people in the world that the way this society works is you get paid in proportion to the work that you do, right? You get paid into proportion to, to the magnitude in which the, of the problems that you solve for people. That's the quote, right? But it's a lot of people who don't. And the reason that they don't, like scientists, scientists invent these Pfizer vaccines. Someone invents a computer. 
someone invents a car, right? But usually the people who invent a COVID vaccine or who invent, you know, the computer, usually these people who are these inventors throughout history who disproportionately solve problems for the world don't get disproportionately paid for it because they work in a system that captures all the value that they brought. So let's say you're working at Apple. You create the new iPhone from your own genius. Most of the revenue that's produced by the iPhone will go to the company, not the individual. Because there's a system, a protective shield around your own geniuses that captures all the value. The people who wrote the computer weren't billionaires or millionaires. That title went to Steve Jobs. That title went to, to, to Bill Gates, and they're great in their own right. But the point I'm bringing is that, you know, being valuable enough is, is, isn't enough on its own. You have to create the system, the business around it to capture all that value. That's why the greatest scientists, you know, they say Edison didn't invent the light bulb. He just sold the light bulb, you know, and his partner or whoever who made the light bulb didn't get any of the value. He didn't capture any of the value because he didn't build a business around it. Great inventors, you know, the world works where you, you know, capitalism works where you get paid in proportion to the problems that you solve for the world, but only if you capture the value of it by building a business around you. And so many of us live in a system or work within a system that captures the value that we brought to it. And so there's a whole stable of freelance writers who are changing the world, who are changing narratives, who are changing and raising children. Right. All the ads you see on TV, all the movies that you see. Guess what they started as writing. They started as scripts. When you grew up wanting to be James Bond, that was a script from a writer's mind. Right. But did the writer become a millionaire or did the movie company become a millionaire? Stables of writers exist in Fiverr, Upwork, People Power, but they exist in these systems that capture all the value. You know, Fiverr as a company is a couple billion dollar company, I'm sure. There is no Fiverr Fiverr writer that's making that type of money. Now, I'm not a proponent of socialist values. I'm very pro-capitalism. And that's why I'm suggesting you play the game of capitalism. You have to branch out from these companies and understand how this works. You get paid in proportion to the problems, you know, uh, the magnitude of problems that you solve and you're solving a very huge problem. Hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of a problem. But you have to build a system to capture the value and that's what we're teaching on this podcast. And you have to step out of a system that's forcing you to work for slave wages. That's taking 20% and holding your pay for 14 days. And if you make a little mistake and, the, and the, the, the person complains, they won't pay you at all. That compare that puts you in a place where they're comparing you. And they, they, they don't allow you to market. They just compare you to other writers alongside you. And, and therefore, it stops you from getting paid what you deserve because people just look and say, hey, this is a service that's cheaper. And they're five stars. Even though they're not even providing the same value. They may be providing the same business, but they're not even providing the same value as you. They put you all in like a like a like a list. It commoditizes you. You know, like if you see eggs on a on a shelf in a store, you're not gonna say these are the best eggs. 
You're just going to look at the price tag. This system is suppressing and holding back freelance writers. Freelance writing sites are pretty evil. And in a lot of ways, they are designed to keep the freelance writers reliant on them so that they don't excel, so they don't make a lot of money. Because if you became very wealthy as a freelance writer, if you had your own clientele, which you can't even do this on these freelance sites, your own clientele that every time you need to blog, they came back to you, which they don't do because you can't contact them through email. You can't sell to these people. You can't call them on the phone. You can't build a relationship with them and therefore get reoccurring sales, the thing that makes you rich. Because Fiverr doesn't allow that, because Upwork doesn't allow that, because People Per Hour doesn't allow that. You know what I'm saying? You can't even, man. You know the primary mechanism that makes you money as a freelance writer. You're not even allowed to do. I had to take a break because I'm getting hyped up. Um, yeah, you're in a system that's not allowing you to capture the value that you're creating. That's the point that I'm making. And so, even even. Even the, the writers that, you know, the writing coaches that you hear from on social media that says pitch, 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 send cold emails, DMs. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced a lot of these writers actually don't want you to make money because you'd be taking their clients in the first place. This is just what I suppose. That part's just theory. But I, because that, that's a horrible strategy. It's an awful strategy. But long story short, you don't want to use freelance writing websites. You know, even like, oh man, like getting high paying clients is not just important because you get high paying clients and you get money in the door, but the money that you get in the door allows you to spend more on ads and further promote what it is that you do and get more clients. It's a system that, you know, exponentiates and grows on itself. And this is how, you know, your ideas, the thing, the, the ways in which you change the world begin to be, you know, be of huge magnitude. Um, but that's a whole separate episode. Um, you have purpose as a freelance writer. You know what I'm saying? Everyone else, they don't want you to win, but I want you to win. And I'm going to teach you how to win in this podcast. As a writer, it is our job to change the surface of this world, to change the narratives that are swirling in society. What do you think? What do you think is the most influential object in the world right now? It's a book. The reason most people in the world do what they do is because of a book. The most popular religion is the Bible. That required a writer, you know, or whatever religious book that you read, um, religious books in general. They're books, but these books have influenced all of human history. Everything from our laws, our governments, everything. In God we trust. They got that from a book. So you got to do your job. You got to step up and start capturing the value and pushing out the value you know, that, that you can create in the world and start changing people's lives. It is our duty to do that. And we can't let these freelance writing sites and even these other coaches that don't want you to win, we can't let them hold us back. It's time to step into our divine purpose as a writer and fight against this system that's, that's, that's plugging us all into the matrix. You understand what I'm saying? I hope you understand what I'm saying. I hope so much you understand what I'm saying. You know, I have, I mean, you know, my personal ambitions and I'm, I have a separate podcast that I don't really want to talk about. But I'm working on a separate company is why I don't freelance write as much. But my personal goal with this this entire thing is to get freelance writers away from sites like Fiverr, People for Hour that don't actually serve the writer, that doesn't actually help the writer. I want them to get away from these sites, right? And I'm actually working on something that's extremely cool for freelance writers. Um, but I want them to get away from these sites 
And I want a future where every writer is enabled with the tools that they need to and is enabled to push the narratives that they need to to positively impact and change this world. You know, I, you know, I want, I want to look around when I'm older and be able to see the parts of the world that we changed. You can't say, hey, daddy, daddy, mommy, mommy. Why is that building shaped like that? Why is that car like that? Why is that like that? Why do countries have no borders? And you're like, oh, oh, it's because I wrote this letter years ago. Because I wrote this. Why is this movie like that? Because I wrote this script and it changed the way movies are written. Because I wrote this, this sales message. Because I wrote this religious text. Because I wrote this, I wrote this, I wrote this. I want a group, a, 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 a league of writers, a country of writers that are committed to a positive future, that are committed to healing all the wrong that's going on in this world. I want to see families that are together. <laughs> that would be something, right? But it's the narratives that are changing. What do you think rap music and music pumping through the radios are doing in society? It's changing society, whether positive or negative. It's changing society. These are writings. These are songs that started as words. What do you think people want to go to Hollywood and be actresses and be the next rap star for? Because the words. People are becoming gangbangers because of the words. I want a league of writers that, you know, that are fighting, you know, that, that are unplugged from this, this, this freelancer system and that are fighting the narratives, the negative narratives that are pushing into society with positive narratives. And I really want to change the world for the better. I envision a world that is all past growth and into contribution. That is all about love. Love to the point where this may seem crazy, where we don't even need borders because we realize we're all one people. You understand what I'm saying? That's the world I envision. We got to come together as writers and we have to polarize. We have to unify and, 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 and really get it done because no one else can the way we can. But I'm ranting now, so I'm sorry. So, look, I'll hear from you in the next podcast episode. Thanks for listening. I'm doing free 15 minute phone calls if I haven't already said. If you want to get on the call fall for me with me, I'm not going to pitch you anything. I don't have anything to pitch you. Go to my calendar link below and schedule some time. Before you get on the call, you have to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Okay? I want to know that you're dedicated and you're going to be a long-term listener to this movement and this podcast. The freelance writer movement. Free. Um, uh, I also have like a training or course or something coming up next month. It's going to blow you know, if you if you just want to get clients. It'll help you get clients. It'll help you solve all your problems as a freelance writer. So look up, look, look, look for it. It's coming pretty soon. You want to look out for this. So that's that being said, man, my name is Dallas. This is the Freeding Freelance Writing Secrets Podcast. I might change the name to Freelance Writing Secrets, but it's the Freelance Writing Podcast. And I appreciate you so much for listening. Peace out.